Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hi, Michael. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. We are doing another WAG podcast episode, kind of relevant to coronavirus, um, but also relevant to just anybody who works mm-hmm. at home. So if this comes out when we are out of isolation, which might be the case, but we're not totally sure, then this is a work from home podcast. All of our tips, tricks, strategies, and a couple action steps for you to take to make sure that you're being the most efficient and creating a healthy work environment in your home. Mm-hmm. So the way that this came about is that we sent out a survey to about 2,000 people and we asked them, it was very early on when the coronavirus hit and we said, how, ha- like basically what are your biggest challenges right now? How have the challenges in your life changed? And one of the most common things that came up is people were working for the first, working from home for the first time ever and we're having a really hard time with it. So that's why we're making this podcast. Yeah. And before we get started, if you have a second, and I know you do, so please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us get the podcast out there. It helps us get this in more people's ears. And we just genuinely would really appreciate it as human beings. Plus we read them and it really does brighten our day. So if you have a second, please head over to iTunes and give us a review and let us know what you think about the podcast and what you've been implementing in your life. And if you want one of your questions answered on the podcast, which we're starting to get back into answering those questions, then head to workingagainstgravity.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to start a recording, and then tell us your name, where you're from, and leave us preferably one question in a space that is a little bit quiet or not like completely quiet Mm -hmm. would be ideal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we will answer your question here on the show. So why is this important? Why is it important to learn skills of working from home, right? It's why, how is it different than working in a job? So different. But first of all, during coronavirus, it's a lot of people's only option. Mm -hmm. So with, I think last count, it was 35 million people filed for unemployment in America. And that is just wild. So people are like, I got to work any way that I can. Mm -hmm. And if working from home is my only option, then I'm definitely going to do that. But you also have to maintain your productivity and you have to maintain your sanity. So for a lot of people listening, working from home now means that your kids are there. And it means that your wife is there or your husband's there mm-hmm. or, you know, you're all getting... All of the chores that you could be yeah. doing outside of your work are also there to distract you. And somebody could knock on your door and leave a package or, you know, how many times are we working and just somebody knocks on the door in the middle of a meeting or something like that? So there's so many opportunities for you to be less productive because you don't have this clear container of this is work and this is home. Yeah, there's no boundaries anymore. Mm -hmm. It's also important because you want to be able to wind down at the end of the day. So this is rarely talked about, but if if you're working where you're eating, where you're sleeping, it can feel like you're in the same energy 
all the time. And it can be really hard to disconnect. It can also be really hard to like ramp up at the beginning of your day. And then it's really important because if you really master this and you continue working from home, it can give you so much freedom of time and place and so much flexibility in your life. Now, if you don't, like Adi said, it can lead to you just getting distracted. It could, uh, your performance could suffer at work. You could feel drained all day. And again, you could just have a really hard time disconnecting and being present at the end of your days. And just about the whole freedom and flexibility thing, our world, I, if coronavirus has taught us anything, it helped a lot of business owners realize or a lot of employees realize, hey, I've been coming to the office every single day, but now I'm doing the exact same thing from home. I'm curious yeah. to see what happens with this. <laughs> it's like, why do I need to come right. to the office? Or and why? Do the same amount of yeah, work. Yeah, and do the same amount of work. Or why, you know, there's like so many things that are going to be changing about the way businesses work and the way that businesses need to connect with their clients. And it's a lot of it is moving online. And if you want to be with the trend or the curve or whatever the kids are calling it these days, <laughs> if you want to be moving with how businesses are moving, uh, things are going to be moving more online. And it is an amazing opportunity, but also comes with challenges. So you don't just necessarily have to work from home. You could work from Mexico if you want to work from Mexico when we can travel again. Uh, you can work from anywhere. So it gives you amazing opportunities and it will being to being able to be super productive and efficient from anywhere that's not the office is going to give you opportunities to get other types of jobs, positions, promotions, because that's what business owners are looking for right now is who can function on a remote team mm -hmm. without needing someone physically there to keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. It's a shitty feeling when you start saying what the kids are saying these days. Is it a shitty feeling? Yeah, it like means we're, we're, we're too old doesn't mean we're too old. I'm just saying, like, do you use TikTok? No. So exactly, you're old. Like, you're older, <laughs> you know? Like, you're not... I've never used Snapchat either. Yeah. Well, I, I did for, like, a couple but, weeks. But, I mean, I'm growing a kid right now, and he's going to be saying things that we <laughs> just don't get, you know? <laughs> and... I feel like as soon as TikTok came out and I was like, I'm not doing that. As, <laughs> as soon as I, I noticed myself being like, I'm just not going to do a bunch of TikTok I'm dances. I'm just not even going to try it. Yeah. Ever. I literally don't go on it. I don't try it. It's just totally not for me, but it's definitely for a younger generation. So that's kind of like me with the PS4 and the, and the Xbox <laughs> One. Like I want to, I want to try them, but I never have. And I know that I would, I would just get so addicted and do nothing else with my life. Oh anyway. my gosh. Okay. Tangents. We okay, don't so often go on tangents. Let's talk about but. how a little how about how we were when we first started. We started Brute and Wag, same month, same year. We hadn't met yet. Six months What were before. you doing? How are you working at home? Oh, gosh. Guys, it was brutal. It took a long time for me to get to. So what we're giving you here is wisdom from lots and lots and lots of mistakes and burning ourselves to the ground, just not having a good time mm -hmm. working from home. When I first started WAG, I was trying to do it all. So I was waking up really early in the morning to first thing before I even <laughs> ate, drank coffee. It didn't even matter. I went straight to my computer. That's the first thing that I did when I woke up in the morning, um, usually at the kitchen table. And I would work and then I would finally take a break when I felt, you know, you always have, you never have this feeling like I'm done 
Like it's always, especially when you're working from home, there's no separation. You don't leave work. And with so, phones in our pockets. Yeah. So and- it's kind of like I, I had my notifications on my email were still on. All my notifications were still hitting me up on my phone. And I would take a break. I would eat. And then I was trying to train at the same time. So I would go train and I probably answered emails in between sets of training, which is terrible. And then I would come back and work until odd hours of the night. I would, and I also wanted to watch like TV and stuff like that. So I would work like while I was watching TV at the same time. And I probably did that. That sounds so terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I was, it was really bad. You could ask my parents. <laughs> they would know. I, I worked for probably 11 to 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm seven days a week for a really long time. It was brutal, terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I started, like the first two or three weeks were like, I just felt like I was on adult summer break. It was the best feeling on the planet. I was like, how do I get to do this? I would sleep sleep in late. I would work really late. And I, would ha- I was just like really excited about what I was working on. And I got burnt out really quickly. Um, what were you going to say? Yeah, I have seen the other side of the spectrum too of people just not being able to get anything done. So you totally. you and I you and I were kind of in this this side of the spectrum where we're getting too much done. So we're like we're working almost too quickly, so any free time we could have created for ourselves, we just filled with more work because we created new projects and doing new things and when we didn't have to do mm-hmm. that. So that's what was burning us out and we could have just slowed down a little bit. There I know a lot of people on the other side of the spectrum that just are paralyzed. Yeah, they yeah. just either don't know what to do, don't know where to start, or the laundry's calling their name, or kids there, they need to make food for this. Like the right. the spouse is interrupting them because your spouse doesn't understand because your home doesn't mean doesn't mean means you're unavailable. Right. So it does go both ways mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So pretty quickly I got really burnt out and the amount of hours per day that I was working compared to the output was way off. I was just staying extremely busy. I wasn't extremely productive. I hadn't learned any of the skills about how to prioritize what to do and when. So I was always putting the urgent things that needed to be answered like quickly. So I thought ahead of the bigger long-term projects. And a lot of times the bigger long-term things just didn't get started. And it wasn't until years later that I developed a a morning routine and some boundaries and some skills and how to break up my day that I actually started being able to do that. Yeah. I think, so we both started Brute and Wag at the same month, same year. And then six months later, we met each other. And then a couple months after that, we moved into a travel trailer together. So we kind of went into this period of time where he was driving and I'd be working in the car. I'd be driving and Michael would be working in the car. We would just go to coffee shops and we would just try to work any way that we could with no routine, no structure. And eventually we reached this breaking point. And I think the beginning of the changes for both of us were well, at least for me, was I went to a mastermind conference and I came home with the perfect day formula by Craig Ballantyne. Mm-hmm. And I read the perfect day formula and it's it's a super simple, very short book, super easy to digest. And I'm like, man, he's kind of making a lot of sense <laughs> to have the perfect day. You need to like discipline equals freedom. He's the first person that 
taught me that concept mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. discipline equals freedom. And then you read the perfect day formula. And then we started to be like, okay, I think we can take this a little bit more seriously. Yep. And that's when we started realizing how we can implement boundaries, structure, and discipline so that we can be productive and efficient and have freedom also. Mm-hmm. Michael and I both believe that being successful is important and striving is important and trying to achieve is important, but also living your life is important and loving your life. So most important, most important. So we are willing to put what is deemed as success to a lot of people, whether that's money, size, growth, we're willing to leave it on the table to also enjoy our life at the same time. Um, It's really important to us. So this really helped us to be able to actually do that because Saying that is one thing and doing it is another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I maybe you disagree, but I even feel like I'm. I, I certainly make mistakes, and and this is it, this is easier said than done. But my intention is to never sacrifice being present and living my life right now just to make more money or just to have more material success in any way. It's it's never acceptable, right? If we can love our life, be fully present. If that's already happening, then I feel like striving is is a po- can can be a positive. Right, and the way that we do that is what we're talking about today. So if you that resonates with you, and you also want to be super present in your life, and you don't want to over prioritize striving right now, and some people do, mm-hmm. some people like totally want, and that's totally cool too. I have some friends that are like that. And that's I like I think it's super impressive. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is how to create a homework life balance. So these are just some of the most foundational things that have worked really well for us. So number one is create time boundaries for yourself. When will you work and when will you disconnect? When we go to an office, usually we have a set amount of hours, eight to four, nine to five. And we, before work, We're not, we don't really have to, unless we're a business owner, we don't really have to be thinking about it. We know that once we get there, then we'll start thinking about it. When we work from home, unless you have these boundaries, the way that I started out is I would roll over, I would grab my phone, I would check social media first because we were largely like Instagram was a big deal for us. And then I would check my email, then I would check my text messages, and then I'll probably do the loop one more or two more times. (laughs) And it was like, what a terrible... Mm -hmm way to start my day. Mm-hmm. It just immediately put me on the on the defensive in reaction mode and I'm sure if I was closely tracking like my physical response, I probably just had tension in my chest from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed because I was just checking all of these things and you know in work mode constantly. Yeah. So we are going to talk a little bit about that in number 4, but for this one for creating time boundaries for yourself The best ways that we've found to do it, I'll give a couple basic action steps. So one, have some type of calendar system. I have found this being a game changer, not just in our work life, but also in our relationship of having some type of calendar system where I know what Michael is up to and he knows what I'm up to. So if somebody, you know, asks us to hang out personal life, I can see if Michael's busy or he can see if I'm busy and we know when each other's working and we can, we, there's no miscommunications around 
our home life and our work life. For us, we use Google Calendar just because it makes it easy for me to share my calendar with Michael. Michael can add things to my calendar. There's lots of really cool features with that. The real thing that's important about it is just that it's visible and it's with you throughout your workday. So it could be a written planner. I know a lot of people like writing things down. It just should be beside you while you're working and you should have an oper- you should have it in a place where you can review it before you go to sleep. So before I disconnect from work for the day, I look at what do I got going on tomorrow? When do I have to start thinking about work tomorrow? So mm-hmm. I'll look, okay, at 9 a.m. is when I, I know I have to start thinking about work. I close my phone and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and create hours for yourself. And it doesn't have to be super strict, but at least create a loose structure or a range of when you're willing to work. And ideally put, I, I recommend being strict about start and end times. And again, there can just be a range there. Yeah, I think I want you to talk a little bit about, just before we move on to the next thing, a little bit about also, if you can, if you're in charge of what you work on every day or the type of work hours that you have, um, you have some rules around when you'll have video meetings, when you'll have, when you'll Mm -hmm. do certain types of things. So Mm -hmm. maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So I tried to prevent getting on defense or getting into a reaction reactionary reactionary mode for as long as possible because once that happens that can kind of stifle my creativity and also like I have them I know that I have the most energy in the beginning of the day and most human beings are that way so if I have you know bigger projects or things that take more attention and energy I want to be able to accomplish those the first first in the day so I have a bunch of rules when I'm setting up my my whole week. One of the rules is no meetings before noon. And I have a lot of exceptions to that rule. But when I'm like my filter, the first thing I ask when putting a meeting on my calendar is do I, does this need to be before noon, right? If someone requests a meeting before noon, does it need to be before noon? And if it doesn't, then it goes afternoon. Um, I haven't been as strict with this lately, but a lot of times I will only have meetings on certain days. So Mondays and Thursdays were my meeting days for a long period of time. And the intention there is I want to, I don't want to have to, I want, I want to task switch as little as possible. So every time we switch tasks, we go from answering emails to writing to doing a podcast to doing a meeting to checking social media every time we switch it takes us a certain amount of time to focus on the new task there's something called attention residue and that can take from anywhere from five to 60 minutes for someone to focus fully on a new task if we're doing that all day then we may never be focused at all and so the way that i i structure my week is so that I can focus on the same type of tasks um, for as long as possible without having to switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also the meetings, no more meetings before 12 to make it so that you really avoid having just a day full of meetings. And those Mm -hmm. are exhausting. Totally. And I also try to have no more than three hours of meetings in any day. So these are just a couple things, but yours might be completely different. Like maybe meetings energize you. So maybe it's flipped for you. It's just worth considering what is taking your energy, what is giving you energy, and what do you have control over Mm -hmm. so that you can create rules and boundaries, making it so that you you can set your schedule up that way. Mm -hmm. 
Number two is set up your space. You know, if you're in a, a huge house and you have extra rooms, then try to work in a different room. Try to have work be its own place. Mm-hmm. We have a shared office that we use in our house. And when we're not working, we're usually just not in the office. Mm-hmm. When we and, and we also try not to work outside of the office. The reason for this is about something about energy. When we when we again when we work, where we sleep, where we eat, it can be really hard to a get really super focused and put all of our attention on something. And then also at the same time, on the other side of the coin, it can be really hard to wind down because we're trying to wind down in the same place that we were trying to hustle five hours ago. There's also something really important about your space in terms of what it physically looks like and how neat and tidy it is. So being in a space that is very chaotic, very messy, you have things all over the place, each thing is registering to your brain as as mess or chaos or it's just taking up space. Mm-hmm. So being in a neat, tidy, keep organized environment, clean. keep your workplace clean. Keep, it, well, keep your whole house clean yes, if that's work. Ideally, yeah. ideally. It, it will make you more productive. And I know some people just, I was one of those people who did not believe. I was not a believer. And then finally, when we actually implemented it, it was a dramatic change mm-hmm. on my affect. Affect? Yeah. Yeah. So... I started by saying if you have a big house with an extra room, obviously not all people have that. Even if you're in an apartment, try just working in like a, a certain corner or on a certain piece of furniture. And if you're not working, then maybe you don't sit on that piece of furniture or go in that little corner. Um, again, I know that this is this is not possible for everyone, but if you have the luxury of separating and uh, creating some boundaries around different spaces, it will help you focus more intently on one hand, and then it will help you relax and wind down at the end of the night mm-hmm. on the other. Totally. All right. Next one is take to actually take breaks. And Daniel Pink has a uh, book. I mean, Daniel Pink has a lot of books, but he has one called something about time, right? Time. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Something about time. It's his most recent book, I believe, and he talks about how taking breaks affects productivity from an evidence-based perspective. And when you take a break, and very specifically, he has rules around breaks. They must be, you do not talk about work. You preferably go outside. You move your body. You get out of your workspace. You do something like completely unrelated. And that refreshes you so that when you get back to work, you are more productive than you were before. He goes as far as to do some research on uh, hospitals and doctors, like getting an appointment at the hospital, it's better to get an early appointment than it is to get a mid-afternoon appointment because I think they did research on them. For surgeries. Yeah, for surgeries, like the way they wash their hands or the mistakes that are made are dramatically lower first thing in the morning than it is or after even they've taken a break and then they come back, mistakes are lower right when they come back from a break versus when they've been working for a long time, which makes logical sense. But I think when you're in it, you think, oh, I could just get another thing done and Mm -hmm. I'll be done. One of our coaches, Allie Carey, calls it a brain break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, he he looked at another study of Israeli judges that were um, saying whether or not they were parole judges, saying whether or not someone could could, Mm -hmm. could get parole. And they found 
at 9 a.m., people, the, the judges were about 80% likely to grant parole. And then for the next two hours, it went from 80% to like 30%. Then they took a 10-minute break or a 30-minute break, something like that, came back, it went all the way up to 75% again, then down for the next two hours. So every every like two hours, they would take a break and they would come back and they would grant parole at such a higher rate. So really the, the reason that we're sharing these is just to say that we need breaks. We need them frequently. Um, Daniel Pink says about every hour. I shoot for every 45 to 60 minutes. Don't always do that, but I try to move, breathe, get outside as much as possible. And when we get back from a break, our productivity goes through the roof, our attention span, our energy levels. So take breaks. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Number four is we touched on this a little bit, but consider how you start and finish your day. Yeah, so if you take your phone with you into the bedroom, I highly recommend that you don't. But if you do, all notifications that are work-related or social media-related or anything that can put you in a reactive state, off. Like you just don't get anything like that. Um, I know that's probably like for some parents, I know my mother would have a really hard time not having her cell phone in the bedroom just in case one of the children mm -hmm. needed her, you know, in that moment. And I, I we will understand maybe when yes. we have kids. Yes. <laughs> so the, the way that you start your day, consider what is going to, what do you require to start your day in a way that gets you going to work with that feeling of like, okay, I'm settled into my chair and I'm like ready to just for whatever it is that I need to do versus I need to rush to get to my chair mm -hmm. and I know exactly what I need to do and I have to respond to this thing. And because even if you look at something and you're not going to respond to it, your brain will not forget it and you'll start thinking about your response to it. And that's already putting you in a tense and stressful state. We are huge believers in a morning routine, and it can be as short as 10 minutes, uh, as long as a couple hours. But the way that we think about it is we want to pack our mornings with as much self-care as possible so that when we get to work in the morning, we love our life and we are super focused and ready to work. If you have never, we did an episode on morning routines. I think it's called the morning routine formula. So you can check that out if you're interested. If you've never implemented any sort of morning routine, then you can start by just waking up 10 minutes early and just trying something like meditation or journaling or going for a walk or maybe just having a conversation with your partner or one of your kids. Or even just waking up 10 minutes earlier and not snoozing. Yeah. Like that yeah. is like, or let's not just rushing stop there. or just not rushing through making your breakfast, like actually making a breakfast rather than a, a Pop Tart. Totally. So if we probably don't have any mini Pop-Tart listeners here. There's definitely some Pop-Tart Oh, some, some. For sure. <laughs> or like grabbing something to go on the way to work because you're, you're rushing or whatever it is. A McMuffin. But, but people that are snoozing multiple times in a day. We know, we know you're listening. Snoozers. I love a good snooze. So <laughs> she <laughs> begs me to snooze this sometimes. This morning, literally, <laughs> Michael rolled over and he goes, he tells me he loves me. He's so sweet. He's like, do you know how much I love you or something like that? And I was like, do you love me enough to <laughs> snooze one time? <laughs> and I cringe. I was like, no, I don't want to snooze. But um, we did. We did. We I did. love her. So, Yes, I'm just saying if the if a small battle for you to win would be to not snooze and just wake up, I 
I battle with this almost every single day, but I never regret waking up early. I just don't. It's kind of like a workout. It's kind of like sex. You just might not be in the mood, but you're, you don't regret it. Mm -hmm. You really don't. That, that opened up a can of worms, the sex, the sex thing. We, we've talked about this lots of in lots of other podcast guys. Go find What, those. sex? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've talked about sex a lot. No, I know. But this, the statement about it's kind of like sex. Like you never regret it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So also, <laughs> it's important you how you day. finish your day. So we are huge on having, we already said this, having boundaries of when we stop work, but how you like having some sort of nightly ritual or having some boundaries on when you allow yourself to use your phone at night could be really helpful. So what we will often do is around seven or eight, we'll just go and put our phones in the, we'll, we'll plug them into the charger and we're kind of just done looking at them for the night and it helps us get to sleep. It helps us connect with each other more. And what that does over the a long period of time is it helps us to wake up refreshed and just not get burnt out because we feel like we're always plugged in and working mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Love it. Um, and then the last thing is to practice discipline with all of these. And just like every other episode we've ever had of this podcast, uh, go easy on yourself. Don't start huge. Start with small little steps of just getting a little bit closer and a little bit better than you were the day before. And with consistency, you will get results. I promise. Pinky promise. Peace, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.